Hey podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad. I hope your new year is off to a great start. Please join our new text community. And in our text community, you'll receive freebies, a lot of exclusive things, a lot of discounts. So please text HBCU to 91096. That's text HBCU to 91096 to join the text community. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 23 of the HBCU Audio Experience. My guest today is Barry White. Barry White is a top-tier North Carolina educator. He was popularized as the handshake teacher when a video of his individualized handshakes with all of his students went viral. He's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. He's a graduate of Claflin University. He's been featured on USA Today, Good Morning America, Inside Edition, ABC, Forbes, Huffington Post, Blavity, Vibe, The Root, Complex, Fox News, People Magazine, BuzzFeed, TMZ, The Steve Harvey Show, and the list goes on. Barry, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. How are you today? I'm great. It's a pleasure for having me. But I, you just reminded me of a few things I was on as you was reading. I'm like, wait, was I on that? Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's funny. I forgot about that. Now, it's an honor having me, brother. Appreciate being on here. It's a pleasure. You know, I try not to do too much research, but sometimes I like to look and see where you were. I try not to look at those interviews because I like to kind of go from my curiosity to ask some different questions. But looking at that list, I was I was extremely impressed. So so you've been busy. Uh, yes. Yes. I've been busy. <laughs> you can say that. that. That's awesome. So let's let's start from the beginning. Tell me how you were uh, growing up as a kid. Yeah, so I am the youngest of four siblings, I have three sisters. Um, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, really, to be honest with you, I probably was one of the stereotypical New Yorkers, like, you know, kept to myself, um, didn't really have a vast amount of friends uh, growing up. I really was focused more so on, like, books and, you know, studying and actually getting good grades up until my um my junior year my junior year high no senior high junior high school uh when i got on when i joined the basketball team and once i got on the basketball team you know it, you know the how it is with jocks in school and you know you now you i'm starting point guard and that pretty much you know shifted me into getting more social and being in the whole social crowd and you know quote unquote with the cool kids i guess um but the good thing about that was up to that point I was just, you know, straight A's, books, let me, you know, doing what I'm told. And then I added that extra layer of, okay, let me be social. Let me actually start speaking to others and hanging out with people. So that pretty much uh, led me into uh, the college area. But for the most part, man, I was just really just always enjoyed just being out, adventurous, being, uh, just being different, man. Like I would take, a couple of me and some of my friends would take, they get on our bikes and we just start riding through different neighborhoods. We call it, all right, it's time to go, let's go on an adventure. And we'd just be gone for hours and hours. Literally had no destination, nothing specific. Just doing different things, man, to keep, you know, keep having fun, exciting. 
in the neighborhood, uh, you know, Cambridge Heights. Right, right. Now, were you self-motivated to get straight A's or were you one of those that were, mo- were your environment made you want to say, hey, I want to get out of this? Or was it a parent, your siblings? What was it that kind of got you into doing good in school? Yeah, so um, it was a combination. Uh, one, I did have a, a slight self-motivation, but for the most part, I did want to make my parents proud, right? Mm-hmm. So um, my older siblings weren't necessarily the, the, the best students, right? So it was, you know, they kids, so they, they got into, you know, some, some things, troubles, and they, that, weren't, that wasn't really their primary focus. Like none of them, you know, went to college. There was nothing wrong with that, but none of them took that route. So I kind of watching that, you know, through my sisters, I'm like, okay, I want, I want to get there. Like I want to, I want to see what's next after, you know, high school. I want to see what it's like when I am, you know, selling in school, or just do the opposite and see, you know, it's, it's, so my parents know that they're really, like, they're great parents. To me, it was more about, okay, I want you to know that you're doing the right thing, that you're like, and I'm gonna show you, like, whatever you tell me to do, it does work. Like what you're saying does matter and it does lead you down the right direction so it really came from that and then after i've kind of got into it then from there it was i like this feeling i like this feeling being like you know in top tier class and you know uh, so on and so forth so then it became more intrinsic and i started to go from there just being self-motivated makes sense makes sense now when were you first exposed to hbcus man um so i went with so my dad was uh he was vice president of the SEU, uh, the what's call it, and Br- the Brooklyn branch. So the N, so the you know the uh, NC, the NWCA. Okay. So uh, yeah, so then he was a, a part of the Brooklyn branch, and there he t- used to take me to different meetings, different things of that nature. NWACP, I'm sorry, uh, added that. And he's part of the NWACP, and he used to take me to uh, meetings in the Brooklyn branch. And I went to one meeting where they were having like different um, kinds of like college fair, uh, different um, people come mad representatives from different colleges. And there were some representatives from uh, colleges that were down south. I don't remember the specific college, um, uh, all of them, but I do remember it was one that mentioned Claflin University. So they weren't a representative from Claflin University, but they mentioned it. And, you know, I'm just... At this point, I'm just, hey, what do you think is best? Okay. Uh, like, when my dad, so he was just like, well, you know, we can check it out. We can, like, we don't necessarily have to go, but we can check it out. So I went on my, my first tour that summer, um, and I, when we drove down to, well, actually took the plane, you know, got the car from there. We drove down to Orangeburg, South Carolina, and my very first college experience, well, my exposure to HCU was Claflin University. And I just remember from immediately from hitting the campus to we doing the walk arounds, the, the thing that really stuck out to me, and this is kind of cliche, but the thing that stuck out to me was people were actually smiling at me and waving. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like what's going on? I even remember, I'm still uh, 2008, this, I'm this New York kid from Queens, New York. Like, I'm walking around my, you know, purple shirt, Slash, you know, skinny jeans. And during that time, that wasn't necessarily something that was the trend in South Carolina. Right. So I'm just walking and people, hey, how you doing? Smile. It was just, it felt different. It felt warm, right? Not just the weather. It felt inviting. Like people were actually, 
happy and it, I didn't have to stay on guard or just, you know, I can actually, uh, like some place to actually feel good. So from there, I looked at my dad and said, uh, my mom was like, I like this. Like, let's do this. Like, yeah. I, like I like it. My dad, my dad said, all right, seven more. We're going to pack the car. And, you know, they drove me down and the rest was history. You're right. That, that's awesome. And it's amazing because when you come from up north, we're not used to people speaking and smiling and that type of thing. So oftentimes it's a culture shock and you're not just in the south. You're in a place where black people are celebrated and invited. So I had exactly. the, the exact same feeling. Now, now, what was your HBCU experience like at Claflin? Man, <laughs> that was one of the most, I feel like that's what made me who I am today. That, my experience there is what molded me into the person I am. Because, um, so it was definitely different sets, right? I'm trying to think of, because there's so many, I'm trying to just kind of consolidate here. Mm-hmm. So one, just being, a, uh, being exposed to people from different backgrounds, right? So, um, you know, you're in high school, you're around the same group of people that you was in middle school, you kind of follow that trajectory. And, but being like around people with different stages, different personalities, uh, you know, different, different creatives, that right there kind of right to the mind that, wow, like there's so much out here than just what I thought was in, you know, my narrow limited view of, okay, Queens, New York, this area, this is what I'm going to do, try to play basketball. It was so many people doing so many different things or trying so many different things that that really, uh, you know, stuck with me. And I remember the moment where I really kind of feel like I really transitioned into, uh, you know, a person that was uh, multifaceted as far as having some of that Southern background and uh, New York background is when, uh, one, I started wearing Sperry's. And I've never done that before. So <laughs> that was one. That was one. When they got me to wear Sperry's, I said, okay, yeah, this is, I've, I've arrived. Now, officially, this is it. But on a more serious note, uh, you know, I was, I was okay with just being a cool New Yorker, just walking around. And then I had a conversation with my friend Jordan, Jordan Coburn. Uh, you know, he's doing amazing things right now, too. Um, and he was, and I sat down, he was in the honors dorm, you know, I was in a uh, high rise, you know, regular dorm. And I sat down with him and he was a New Yorker. So, you know, I was just talking to him. He was like, yeah. I said, yeah, man, I'm the coolest. Uh, this, is, this is my mindset. I'm the coolest New Yorker out here. Right. <laughs> this is what I, that's what I said to him. He said, um, yeah, cool. But like, okay, like, what do you do though? Like, what do you do? Right. I said, what you mean? I'm, what you mean what I do? Like, everybody know me. He said, well, maybe... The people who go out to parties know you like, oh, maybe the people who are like always out or the quote unquote, the popular kids know you, but what about everybody else? Like, what about, what are they? They don't know who you are, Barry Jr. is. And I remember leaving there like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then literally, brother, that next month, all of a sudden, I didn't join the Invo model troupe. I, I'm Mr. I was Mr. Uh, Junior. Like, I was on the Royal Court. Like, I was uh, looking for positions at SGA. I pledged Kappa. I started getting like, you know what? I need to diversify. Like, that really, that stuff me like, man, I'm really not being active in campus. Just being, you know, the dress nice and go to the parties. Okay, it's cool. But what am I doing actively to really, like, have an impact or have a stamp? So, from there, I kind of really, for that HBCU for me, really gave me those opportunities to really branch out and that confidence to go, all right, I'm going to be a part of this, or I'm going to join uh, 
this uh this social group that they got Envo. Or I want to be a part of you know the SGA or the Royal Court Clap University. Man, I ain't never been on stage so many times that I've that I've been that in that one year. I was like, no, this is so different. But then I got used to it. I got used to wanting to be a part of like you know these different groups that were doing things on campus, which led me um, also to pledging Kappa, and then that was a different lift, right? Uh, leadership roles like really being active in uh, the campus activities. So that kind of took me out of my shell, so to speak. So HCU really gave me that confidence to blossom out and go, you know what, let's try this. Like, right. let's try it, do it. Let's see what happens. So, I mean, so I really never forget that. And, and that's the, one of the great things about HBCU is so many people that are doing excellent things. It makes you raise your standards and you start doing some excellent things. But it's so many mm -hmm. people doing excellent things. You, you become humble but it keeps that ambition and that drive in you. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Did you, one, why did you join a fraternity? And two, why did you choose Kappa Alpha Psi specifically? Yeah, so, um, so one, I started with what I chose. So, like, like I said, well, they might have been So originally, I wasn't a fan of Kappa Alpha Psi, but I was more so off of just, you know, surface looks or, you know, more so the egocentric things like because I was really wasn't a fan of button ups and just this the, the style of just how it looks I was used to my fitted jeans and you know just wearing the graphic t-shirts all the time so one as I started to mature and I got a little more okay into my profession and doing intern like again clinical experiences and the educational where I'm like okay I want to look present I want to be presentable and the older upperclassmen that I used to hang around they had been there, you know, some while, and they were interested in Cap Alpha Psi. And then they started, they used to talk about it a lot and, like, some of the things that was going on and what they were doing. Then I had a class with one of the uh, fraternity members, Chad Clay, who was there, um, and he was, he, oh, wait, uh, spring, oh, wait. And he was uh, my, he was the TA for that class. And I just watched how articulate, how he, you know, he was out there helping people how like it was a standard. Like it was okay. This this is what I'm here to do, it's the professional look. And then from there, you know, hanging with some upperclassmen. I say, you know what? This is what I wanna be about. This is what I want this impact that I wanna have. Like really like how Chad is having in the class and what he's doing, how I looked at him. I'm like, you know what, this would be something I'll be uh I would love to be a part of. And then with the uh then learning about like the guy right program and what they're doing in schools. I'm an education major, so this is pretty much aligning right up my alley. Like, okay, they already got the mentor program schools. They're doing this. They have the uh, Kappa League. Okay, this is really aligning. Like, I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing signs. Okay, me being an education major, want to be a teacher and have that impact in schools. I want to do this. So, you know, from there, you know, I just, uh, you know, went out to entry meeting, entry meeting, and then pledge, and that was the, and the rest is history, man. One of the best experiences that I've had. Um, being in Cap Alpha because then immediately we were stepped into pretty much leader positions because the uh, the brothers that were there prior to us they all graduated because right. it was a, a year that we didn't have a line so it was like a uh, we were the resurrection line so to speak okay. so we immediately we had to you know hit the ground running and made us uh, make tough choices and you know really just uh, step up our level of uh, engagement and execution on campus. Mm -hmm. And that and that pretty much probably prepared you for life. Just I mean, life. honestly, <laughs> yeah. yes, seriously, brother. Like as far as, 
I mean, especially in education world, I am now just because then I was also a dean over a line as well afterwards. Uh, you know, step masters, step shows, so put, putting together shows, how to put together productions, how to lead people, to get people to want to practice, right? So to get, they to kind of galvanize other people to want to do something that might not be something is favorable because it requires a lot of work. So that all applies into what I do now, like in education, of trying to, you know, galvanize my students to, you know, really show that grit and bring the best out of them, even when it's, you know, it may make them a little, uh, a lot of them be fatigued or it may be seem tedious. It's something that is a must do, right? Right. Now, why did you choose to become an educator? So uh, I chose education. Really what paved my way, uh, what stamped it for me was my freshman year, I did an internship at Clemson University. And I, I'm uh, a member of the Call Me Mr. program. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so Call Me Mr. program is pretty just a male organization that uh, really uh, pays for your, your class tuition and trains uh, male educators, so builds up and trains male, male educators, put them out into the world. You know, there's, I mean, literally like two, make up two percent of the uh, the population in education uh, domain as far as it goes in school. So uh, we, so their goal, our our goal is pretty much to train up educators and try to, you know, get in the spirit that that myth, man, that there are no black male teachers in education. So we producing a lot of those each year. So I went through that and I did an uh, internship at Clemson University. I'm 17 years old. I ain't have no these techniques, these tools you may see today, you know, no flashy flair. And I just went there, somewhat easily housing projects. I had me a small class of maybe eight students. From there, I taught social studies for two months. And during that experience, um, I had one student named Devon. And I remember Devon was the type of student who nowadays – he always showed up, right? He he never missed a day. But whether or not he showed up to be the best student you ever had or make your life miserable was, you know, up in the air. So you didn't so you so yes, it was one of those students who became you've come really, really close with. Uh I've learned that language today. Like those students you've become close with. So um really fast. So anyway, so throughout that experience though, what I learned is uh how much the power of being present was, right? Like just actually being present because um, at the end of that internship during the ceremony, Devon's mother came to me. And remember, this child was one that had a lot of behavior issues up all the way up to that point. But he, she came to me at the end and said, listen, you know, Devon's really shy, um, but I want to tell you, he told me, you know, Mr. White's his hero. He want to be like him when he grows up. Wow. I'm 17 years old. I'm 17 years old, brother. I don't have no teaching pedagogy any of this tool, anything in my toolkit. But the fact that I was present, that I showed up every day, like I was consistent, right? So, you know, of course, you know, single mother, you know, living in easily housing projects. He, he, came, he came every day and he saw it in my same face. And I didn't turn my back. I didn't, you know what, it's too much. I'm not dealing with it. I was there every single time and I showed up the same way. So I thought to myself, if half the battle, I wouldn't have the battle of being present, actually being there, right? Like being there and consistent. Then what happens when I have like the, the pedagogy and the, the teacher uh, tools in my toolkit? When I can, what happens when I actually know what I'm doing, right? Because at that point, I was just still on um, um, upcoming. 
so that kind of stamped it for me, man. Like, this is what I want to be a part of. This is the field I want to be in, <clears throat> the occupation I want to do to have that particular impact. Right. But I can do that each year, right? So I can have most students that they come in and, all right, they know Mr. White is going to be assistant. He's going to be present. And he's going to be here for any and everything, right? So that kind of stamped it for me, man. And from then on, I said, I'm going to follow this path. Where is Devon at now? So Devon, so I'm not sure. So, so his mother had got a new number. It was that when I graduated, um, I lost contact with the, the number. So I know she was at the um, Eastern Housing Projects for that for three years after that. You know, he was still going through the school, and you know, he was starting in the sports. And you got in the football league around school, but after I didn't, I didn't um, I lost contact. I don't know. They, uh, they must have got a new number. Right, but right. if I find Devon, I gotta, you gotta know, he, he's a big reason why these students have Mr. White today. <laughs> right, and, it, and it's amazing where you draw inspiration from and, and at the same time they're drawing inspiration from, from you. So that energy exchange is something else. Right. 100%, 100%. Now, why are there so few black male teachers? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a combination of different things, different factors. Um, one, the the one obvious one is, of course, the uh, you know the the biggest underlying issue, which is the pay, right? So, um, what what are we told in society, right? As men, we supposed to be the breadwinners. We have to make the big buck, and you see that's uh, all these occupations glorified, like doctors, dentists, or athletes, NBA players, NFL players, and they are, it's like kind of like <clears throat> or accountants, so lawyers. So that so that's glorified. Okay, this is where the money's at. You know, this is where I can make the biggest buck. So when you see teaching and especially when you first getting into it, it's like, well, I'm not making anything. So right. So now that's one, right? So then two, I know specifically in um like the lower grades. So you might find you know a handful of teachers in the middle or high school, maybe some black males, but especially not elementary. Like it's like I'm not sure. What the big gap between ends? There's some, you know, some student teachers or males just don't want to, you know, be deal with elementary students, right? So it's for like, and and that level. So I like the my thing is I want to catch them early. Like I want to catch them right in that matriculation, right before they have that identity crisis, mm-hmm. and then they go into switch it out. You know, who they want to be, find out who they want to be. So it's just a lot, a couple different things, man. Like the pay going back to the whole stereotype, the cliche of being a teacher and what that means and how that's looked down upon as far as when you're thinking about what's the most manliest job. So at least it was. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm a part of the movement that's changing that narrative, right. man. And, um, and just really, you know, wanting to be a part of, you know, people who are stepping in to be that, that bridge and that gap, that bridge, bridge that gap between a lot of our students, you know, growing up, without seeing male educate or males in general, black males in general, that they can look at and go, okay, I can physically touch you. I can physically, I'm in proximity of you. And I see that you're, you're really representing really well. That's something that I want to be, right? They don't see that in their home. Like they, maybe it's the, you know, that, or just something may have happened, you know, the law, unfortunate situations. So and then they don't see it in their schools. It's a predominantly dominated by women. So, it's like I'm glad to be part of that movement, but uh, 
yeah, that's, I, I hope I hope I hope it really changes uh, in the upcoming years. I know it already have, but you no know, at a faster pace. Right, and um, and a, probably a lot of the notoriety that you have got has you know probably helped and probably motivated you know black more black men to to become teachers. So so how, tell me, so you came across um, we well we initially came across you when you were on I think ABC News and we saw that. Then we dug a little deeper and saw that you were HBCU grad. So that's when you kind of came on our radar. And so how did the handshake start? Were you watching LeBron and said, hey, I want to do that in my class? Or did a kid come? Like, how did that whole thing mm-hmm. start? Yeah. So uh, it, was, it was a combination of both of those. One, I am a big basketball fan. So LeBron James, you know, of course, it's my guy. Like I, my dad got MJ and everybody else. I'm a LeBron guy. So and one, I just noticed how, you know, he always had – he always got handshake with that particular – unit like that close unit like when Kyrie was there Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson like they had a special thing and every time it was you know showed or popularized on TV you can tell it missed something like that was that made they looked really tight as a unit right so that was just one part of it but really that kind of did it for me was I had a student um, named Shanae and she was in fourth grade when I was in fifth grade and she would just come over, you know, she she was in a classroom right across from me. And she would just come over to my door in the morning, every morning, like, hey, Mr. White. You know, she just kind of, you know, just liked seeing me being around me. And then that morning, she'd come in there and say, hey, Mr. White, um, what's going on? Just, you know, say hello. I say, hey, hey, hey. And then she, one day, she was like, let's do a handshake. Come on. Like, and then she did like a little, you know, a fist bump and a little twist move. And I was like, okay. And then, I mean, literally every day. She was at my door in that morning. Doesn't matter if I'm putting down papers or if I'm pulling up the PowerPoint. No, she's at that door. So whatever I'm doing needs to stop. I got to come see her. And she was one of my uh, students that uh, we would see kind of in the hallway sometimes, just, you know, behavioral misunderstandings, I like to say, uh, between her and teachers. So I would see how, you know, when we do our thing, we had that good start that set that tone that morning. Her day was pretty smooth, right? It was pretty smooth. It wasn't, you know, all uh, aggressive. And it was it was actually like, you know, on up and up. So I kind of, I saw that and I knew she was coming next year. So she was coming to me the next year. Okay. And I said, well, man, I see the, that how like tight we are in LSU out with a handshake and like, and then what that does for her. So I want to see what, what, what could this look like if I had this for the entire fifth grade class? Mm-hmm. Right, like the entire unit. If I got that's one thing with her, I want I want this to matriculate all the way through the class, and I want to be like that special unit that I see on TV. Like LeBron, I want us to really be that family unit. Like, listen, we are we are ready to go to war together, and war meaning like you know accomplishing these a- a- academic goals and character goals. So when they all came the next year, of course, Shanae, you know, she front and center. She she was fresh at my door. You know, she couldn't wait to get to me. So she's like, Mr. White, you remember my handshake? Yeah, I remember my handshake. And then, you know, we, we handshake. And then, of course, how's it go? One student sees it. Hey, Mr. White, can I get one? Yeah. And then, you know, and that's, I want one too. And then from there, it just spread. Bam. Like everybody, we had recess. Mr. White, I got one. Come on, let's go. I, it, was, it was no sitting down in recess. It was literally, all right, let's go through the line. <laughs> For that first, that first two weeks, it was going through the line. And then that became like our just routine is root to life is on. Everybody's tired of feeling like, all right, let's go. Let's do our handshake. 
And then, uh, you know, so that became, like, really fun, man. And they really loved that. They would just decide to, like, and they, they would bring the NG before they even got into my class. So, of course, you know, I'm going to match that. And then, so th that kind of made the class run a lot smoother because I really drew it home, that concept. But listen, we are a real family. We're a team. Like, look at us, you know. And then on top of that, I think it got more investment from the students, the fact that, you know, they each had their own thing, right? So it wasn't the same. Everybody didn't have the same handshake. And I kind of want to drill home that you, know, you all are unique, right? You all, you all mean something to me in different facets, right? So you, you're special in this way. I had some students out, um, was on a step team that I started, with, uh, I co-founded with um, uh, two other Greeks that were AKAs. And we, you know, and, I, and we talked about that in a little while, but um, I had some students that were the steppers. So we have steps, right? We do some stepping in our handshake. So it really brought up their personality and really, um, I was really, you know, bought in their investment as far as, listen, Mr. White is taking in time in the morning to remember each handshake for all of us. Like, that's big. So he's, he's invested. So in turn, they invested in me. So, you know, so it was that kind of even exchange, that respect and that care. Like, I, I, care, I care enough that I will sit here and I will, I will make sure I got this right. Like, you know, for you, and they come to my classroom and they make sure that they're 100% engaged for me, right? And they bring in that same energy and that love. And even out throughout the class, like it show we really took, we took it serious. Like we were a legit team. Like uh, I don't give it a, a particular sport, but it was, we were a legit team in there. So um, that was really about it, man. And what I like to always say is a child can't invest in the content you're teaching until they invest in you, the teacher yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of, um, you know, that whole um, overarching idea, kind of took life of his own with really putting relationships first before the books. Right. That's, that's awesome. And that's a lesson that we can, we can really take and implement in, in our respective lives. Now, this was 2016. Has, 2016. Every, yeah. has, 2016, right? Yes. Okay. Now has every class, have you done that with every class since? Yes, man. So, uh, <laughs> so I have uh, <laughs> the eighth grade is now. They see me and like my one of my guys, Dexter. So um, he'll see me in the hallway and I'll, I'll be come with my new fifth grade class and I'll reach out my hand and then, you know, I start doing it. He's like, oh yeah, let's go. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, he'll like, he walk around looking at the fifth grade like, yeah, I'm the originator. I'm one of the original people. You know, so he'll talk to them like that. Uh, but yeah, so it, at that point, like so it was something that was really powerful. And then like I like to tell people, it, I don't necessarily have a thing that I want to have preconceived in my mind when the, the new cohort of students come is really based on what do y'all they want to do. So I always like I just sit down, I observe, I let it play out to like what do y'all want, right? Mm -hmm. I want y'all to have ownership of this is y'all grade, this is y'all time, this is y'all year. What do y'all want? So um, majority, of course, they still want handshakes. It was no problem. Then some want to do make the educational music videos, or they want to do um, you know. Uh, different little uh, uh, plays and scripts. So it, it's all based on, you know, their personalities and what do they find interesting in that time. And then we're going we're gonna to make it come to life, you know, because it really just comes down about, it's about them. Right. Now, other, have you seen a lot of other teachers doing what, you, what you've done as far as implementing Absolutely. unique introductions to students? Or with Absolutely, man, and I um, and I, I love every second of it. I mean, I got messages 
from it didn't matter if you was a veteran, a rookie, uh, I mean, a new teacher. It doesn't matter. We, I got one teacher said, um, she messaged me on Facebook. She was 40 years in the game. Say, listen, I've been teaching 40 years. And when I saw your video, tears rolled down my eyes. You just reunited my passion. Wow. I want you to know that I'm so happy. Like, yeah, I mean, countless messages like that. That's really just made, just made my day, man. It's really, it, it, it reminded me how much bigger, like, it is in my classroom, right? Like, the idea behind, let's, let's make sure we're connecting with our students, making a conscious effort to connect with each one, that they know that, listen, you are, you, you are unique. Like, you matter. You're special. Over, overseas, the whole idea that, okay, go get an A on this test. Right, or go make sure you know the spelling word. Like that's gonna come, but first it starts with let me respect you as a person to know that okay, let's start here. You're a human being first. And then all right, now let's get you to the collegiate, you know, level. But um uh, but yeah, man, so you know, everybody I see they send me videos, like I just love it, man, cause I see the, the joy and the excitement in the kids. Yeah. Like they, so I know like like I said, I, I don't I don't get caught up and there was like a little controversy a controversy happened in like two thousand seventeen with uh, another teacher, but I'm like, I'm not caught up in, I didn't respond, I'm not caught up in any of that, listen, it's about the kid, like, what is making them happy, how are you finding ways to connect, it might not be a handshake, it might be, um, you know, it might be just a, a warm smile and a compliment, it might be, you know, at lunch, you know, some teachers have the option of going back to the classroom, you staying there, right, or a recess, you getting, you know, you putting on your sneakers, and you run out there in the field with them, so, any way that you can find to connect and really drill in that whole relationship piece, mm-hmm. like that matters to me, right? Because we, we use our head a lot. We have the academic and the strategic lesson plans, but then we also got to use our heart too, right? Which sounds cliche, it sounds soft, but it really comes down to, all right, let's build this. Like, let's show them what it's like to interact with another person, like what it's like to actually care and give effort to somebody that's other than yourself, right? And build that that type of um, that mindset that they're going to need when they grow up. Like when they get to high school, when they get to around different peers that they don't, they haven't seen, they haven't traveled with throughout their school. Now they're going to feed into a high school that feeds in from a different middle school or a different, you know, uh, county. So you have to learn how to, you know, come with that. You know what? It's okay to connect with somebody else. And, you know, because I've seen this, I had this experience and I want to, I want to have that, give somebody else that experience. So um makes a trickle effect, man. Education world in general, I think we're in an amazing time right now with just the innovation, creativity, uh, so many young people doing so many great things. I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it all. I promote it. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Now, what challenges did you face while implementing this, either from administration or students or colleagues or parents did you bump into any challenges when you were doing something that at that time was something that we really hadn't seen before so yes um yes not 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 so much from administration or anything like that like uh, i was i was very fortunate to have uh my leader uh miss megan loftus she was extremely supportive man so i mean super supportive and any ideas that I came up with. Because even prior to that, the year before that, I shot a whole music video remixing Drake's back-to-back. Uh-huh. Like, in my school, I shot a whole music video, and I remixed it to the rules of the school, like how, how to operate in school to get, the, like, the kids buy-in before they came back that year. Mm-hmm. So she was in that. She had no problem. Like, she was 100% in. 
So um, there was no challenge for my administration. But then, of course, you know, when – because I didn't ask for any of this, like, it literally just re- me doing stuff with my students. I post readers all the time on my Instagram, up, probably up to that. You can see um, when you do get a lot of notoriety or attention all at once and then to the level that it did grow to, of course, there's going to be some, you know, some a little envy or, you know, some people have reservations. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I go back to the single thing. I mean, what's best for students, right? Like, I, this is what I'm here for. So, you know, you put the horse blinders on and the people who are really here to have that impact and influence, then they will either be with you or they'll start doing something like that as well in their classroom. We're not focused on who's getting the attention for it, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're here for. So, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, some challenges uh, with some colleagues. But once again, I don't pay that in mind. Man. I had so many people supporting me. It'd be easy for me to go overlook the hundreds and thousands of people that supported me to focus in on the two that, you know, uh, feel some type of way or give the, you know, the mean looks or, you know, turn up their nose when we're doing our handshakes in the hallway. Listen, I'm not for that. These kids are happy. They're excited. I'm focused on a goal, staying objective. And, you know, from there, it is what it is. Um, so I ain't get too caught up in that. But, yeah, then after that, I mean, after that, it comes down to you can't beat them, join them. So then uh, everybody, you know, so when it didn't work, when you the opposition didn't work, and you because anywhere you go, you think about it, anywhere you go, and, yeah, I work at Ashley Park. They say, oh, do you know that? Right? So, like, what's the point of having that type of hate in your heart for a teacher that's trying to impact students, right? So that lets you, that makes you question, what are you here for? Right. Right? So, like, so, yeah. So I always thought that was interesting, even, like, in, like, you know, some of the trolls on the Internet. Like, what could you be mad at? What could you possibly be mad at? Like, it's a... It's kids. Like you know what I'm saying, we do stuff for kids. What what is what's the uh, you know the negative angle here that you're trying to play? That makes you, you have to really reflect on. Wow. Well, what well, what do I value? All right. Or what do I put stock in? Because it clearly can't be for the enjoyment of kids. But you know, once again, the support tremendously outweighed any type of negativity. It couldn't really even touch me, honestly, or get near me because I had certain people coming in the building you know, just coming to say hello or just donating. And, um, I'm Skyping with, uh, you know, some celebrities. Like, so it's like the students, they're, they're really getting the bulk of this. Anywhere I go, anywhere I appear, I got their video back on me. I got their screen or they with me. So it's like, that's what matters. The parents were, you know, they were overjoyed. They'd be screaming and, hey, there go my baby. And, you know, in tears, so that's where my passion lies, man, and where I value, where I place my value in, and that just kept, you know, kept it alive. Right, and I think the key there is that you are selfless in it, and you are focused on what's important, and that's the students, and I think no matter what anyone is doing, if it's a business, it's about who focuses on the customers. It's not your selfish wants. It's about being selfless. And if you're selfless, all your selfish wants and needs are going to be, you know, are, those are going to be taken care of. As long as you're selfless and you're taking care of who you're supposed to take care of. So even in business, you look at an Amazon. Amazon is relentless about caring about the customer. So what happens? Mm-hmm. The customers love Amazon. 
So mm -hmm. and we try to look at that when we're creating content. So even when we were talking about doing a podcast, my whole thought was, is this going to bring the audience value? So mm. since you're bringing value to who you're supposed to bring value to, the rest of it take, kind of takes care of itself. So I think that's the that's the real key in that. So I'm glad you even you even mentioned that. So um, 100 yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what difference have you seen in your children from this when before they start your class to once they're done with your class? One man, it's just. Well, of course, we always have the academic growth. Like that's that's always going to be there because, you know, they're invested in what I'm saying. And, um, but the other aspect of it is just the, the mentality. Because a lot of times, <laughs> brother, because I've watched these same students, you know, being in school, have these particular, you know, issues, whether it was just they, you know, couldn't connect with a teacher or just the environment or the peers. And from day one, we established, I mean, I'm I'm real stickler. Like they tell you, like yeah, Mr. White does not play when it comes to his family. I established it from the beginning. We are family is great. We're going to treat others with respect. Like we we focus on this uh, type of kindness and this self love. Like this empowerment. Like you, I want you to be. You see how Mr. White walk around? You supposed to emulate your teacher. Like with this type of confidence and how I treat other people. Like this is what we have to we have to uh, do. Like in his classroom. So. Um, throughout the year is literally just a bunch of celebrating, empowering others. A student randomly, this they started. A student um, was struggling with a question. Cool. Once he uh, once he got it, I had one student start clapping, start doing some clap, like the crap, like just that, and I started to start smiling. You know the way you start smiling and all stuff now. So now I'm like, oh, that's cool. Let's do that. So then and then throughout the year, like even this cohort this year, man, I when I say. We are creative as people. I mean, listen, I literally, like, most of my ideas, you may see me post or, like, or things that I do, come from them. They literally, they, I give them autonomy. Like, I want them to take ownership and have that agency to advocate for themselves. That, okay, this is the idea I have. This is what I want to do. Let me go do it, right? Like, let's not, I don't want you to strip you of your creativity because I got to go through a curriculum that says, all right, go to page 85, now talk about this question. No, I want you, like, if there's a certain way that you want to access this um, knowledge or um, that you feel as though it's better suited for your learning style, let's do it. Let's try it. But you have to get, to them, get them to a point where they can advocate for themselves because they have that type of self-confidence and that self-love that, oh, you know what? Let me do it. So um, what I see a lot is just like that perseverance, man. Like, they don't – there is no giving up. There is no head goes down, no um, – you know, no diminishing of their self confidence. Like they literally walk around like, yeah, this office is great. Like, and I, I take I take pride in that because I I want them to early because I, I received that a lot when you know when I have my HBCU experience. Like that that you know that that HBCU pride is a real thing. I know people think that's just a tagline. That is a real thing. So I want them to have that early that this experience. I want you to build your character, like build, start building and molding like your personality and your drive. Like, to, you know what, I'm going to get this done, you know, no matter what. And, all, you know what, I'm going I'm to I'm suggest this idea to Mr. White, and he's not going to shoot it down, right? So to where we're now, we're, built, we're teaching them, because if I was doing that, now I'm teaching them when they're in college, they're in high school, uh, I'm just not going to say nothing because that they might say no, then I'm going to feel embarrassed. Nope, nope, there's no such thing. Any idea flows, let's, let's try it. Let's do it. 
So uh, one of the biggest things outside the academics is just the growth in their, um, in their self-awareness and their self-love as far as, okay, I, I can see now that why I need to say this or why I can't say this to one of my classmates because I have some sort of empathy. Like it's not fully developed, but it's starting to take shape, right? So um, that portion of it and just honestly, as human beings, just really been like, don't, let's, let's not be afraid to get out there and try things or be a part of something because everybody's not doing it, right? I had one student that stand on, on the other side of the line and say, I'm not moving. That's a fine. Y'all may think that's cool, but I'm not. And I said, then I applaud them. Like, and I lift them up because that's important to build that self-pride, man, that self-love. And that's something I'm really focusing on right now is that this empowerment of student advocacy in that scholar agency, like they're really taking ownership of what you want to do and like how you want to do it, uh, of course, in a structured, organized way. And that's why we come in, you know, to make sure that it's structured and organized and it's aligned with um, really pushing them to where they, uh, you know, have greatness in all their endeavors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you plant the seeds of HBCUs in your students? So they... <laughs> So we, um, each of our, so I'm departmentalized. So I teach reading. I teach all the reading to um, all of our fifth grade students. And what that means, people who may not know that, um, you can be self-contained or you can be departmentalized. If you're self-contained, you teach all subjects. Okay. So you have one class all day. You can go through that. If you're departmentalized, you have teammates who may teach math, one may teach science, and then the students, their classes rotate. So we're departmentalized. And we all have names for our, our classes. Of course, my name, my name is the Claflin Panthers, right? So, okay. and then um, one of my other uh, um, colleagues is uh, Hampton, right? So it's like we, we're continuously, so we have those names, right? So we're not, I'm not, you know, I'm not imposing my will or anything. <laughs> However, when they do look up, you know, when we're connecting, especially those first two weeks of culture building, when I'm showing them little old videos, where are those old videos at? Claflin University. So it's like, so then I promise more questions. And then um, that kind of goes into like the step team that um, we co-founded uh, when we walk around wearing our Greek letters. Like I have my Kappa jacket on. Uh, my colleagues may have their, um, their Omega jacket on and then AKAs, Delta, so on and so forth. And then when we started the step team, now that one, oh, they're excited to be part of something that's new and, you know, and that they uh, seem like it's fun, Mr. White's part of it, Ms. Norman, Ms. Dawson's part of it. But then really the big idea is we're really driving home the idea of creating that sisterhood and brotherhood outside of school, right? right? So now inside school, we're doing these things. But then once 3.30 hit, okay, we're going to practice. Yeah. So now you know, they're seeing us do this, and we show them our videos with step shows. So that sparks more questions. Well, where was that at? Oh, you know, I did this uh, at Class University. Well, what's that? You know, all they hear about was the, the football schools and, you know, like Clemson and things like that. So now that sparks a different conversation for us to go in, uh, in depth with, right? right? So now we're talking about, yeah, um, so it's HCU. What does that mean? So now we get to talk about that, right? So now it's, it's kind of authentically just, you know, it trickles in. So now throughout the building, oh, yeah, Miss White, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to HBCU. You know, kids are. They, when they see their favorite teachers or their role models, they want to be where that person was. Right. So it's not like I say, no, you're going to go there. It's more so of, hey, I like, I like who that is. I kind of, I want to go the way they did. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, uh, you know, and that's, when, that's all we want, man. Open up that conversation. We don't know your choice is going to be your choice. But uh, we do want them to know 
that and be aware of that whole oh, we have these schools and this is what these schools have produced right, right? like so right. this is also an option for you right mm-hmm. you know and when i try to reverse engineer of why i went to an hbcu um and I think about where the plant, where the seeds were planted. I know it's because my sister, my sister went to Hampton. But then when I look back on that, my father, I think he said he saw uh, the Florida A&M marching band. And then mm. I had a teacher that went to Morgan State that was one of my favorite teachers. So I really, yeah. I think that teachers have a disproportionate effect on where students choose to go to school. So we're going to have to look back in about 10 years and we got to, we're going to have to see <laughs> from your step team went to HBCUs. <laughs> I think it's absolutely going to, I think it's going to be a high percentage. I'm going to have to give me some more Claflin shirts. Right. That's going to be my Friday, my Friday theme from now on wearing my Claflin HBCU shirt. Exactly. Exactly. Now, in your opinion, what makes a great educator? Um, to me, what makes a great educator well, it, it's not necessarily one thing, so I want to preface it with that. Uh, but I would say uh, some of the highest leverage attributes of an educator is one, being able to self-reflect, mm-hmm. being able to take uh, really take a, a day that may not have been the best day of, of you know their career or their school year, and sit back and go, okay, before I start saying, well, it's just these kids. Or these kids didn't learn. They just they just not behaving. Let me reflect on what teacher moves can I do differently, right? What or what steps could to uh, what can I try different tomorrow that's going to make this work a little better? Just being so reflective, and then also being able to pat yourself on the back, like, listen, that was really good. Like, cause you need that. You need that because all days not gonna be great. Even my days, all days aren't great. But what I don't do is go home and just sit down in a pool of depression. I've you know I go back. You know what? Tomorrow's going to be a bad day. Let me try this and let me get back on the horse because, you know, it's a stressful profession, man. So just being able to sit the surf flex and, um, of course, you, you have that support, like from your peers or, you know, the, the right administration, let me say that, that will be there to, you know, help you move along. But that and then just being, being able to really take what we like to call the head portion and the heart, right? So having that head and heart to sit there and be strategic and, and do your lesson plans and, of course, you know, target um, who you need target, um, what extra support these scholars need academically, but then also in instilling those values, right, those those really uh, critical values of grit, like, you know, love, community, sense of self, and being able to intertwine the two. So right as of right now, myself and my, and my friend, we're really intertwining that <clears throat> excuse me, social-emotional learning into the academics, mm-hmm. right? So there's um, this actual social-emotional uh, learning standards. You know, teachers love standards. So standards, in, um, in the, I think it's the Association of School Counseling Standards, and we try to implement that within our academic, like I'm in North Carolina, so North Carolina standards or whatever state standards you're in, and kind of intertwining both to where it's not coming in and you just – okay, I'm solely focused on this data, data, which is, you know, important in the public, you know, public school says and to the state, of course, and it's a good indicator of how to drive, you know, the achievement and increase their learning levels. However, but it's intertwined that also that social emotional piece and being able to 
and reach them on a whole human level. Okay, they're still little humans, right? So being able to reach them and really driving home those critical values. So there's really a self-reflection, man, being able to balance the head work and then the hard work. And at the end of the day, just having a passion for yeah. what you do, man. Cause that's at the, I can give you all the tips in the world, but at the end of the day, the, the, that intrinsic feeling of just really enjoying what you do, you have to be able to find those, those moments, right? Those, like, it's, it's, it's humbling, really. Honestly, I know I remember this quick uh, tidbit. When I came back from today's show, um, you know, that next day flew back. I'm, I'm in there early, 6 a.m., you know, she's like, wow, you, you, um, you, you know, like, yeah, the work don't stop. So that, that doesn't matter. Like, I'm 6 a.m. putting down papers, getting PowerPoint, the teachers coming in, you know, strolling 630 to the front, like, well, how long have you been here? I'm like, yeah, oh, this doesn't stop. I, this, is my, this is what I do for a living. And I remember um, even after all that kids ran, but it's so hot, you know, going crazy. And it was this moment where one of my students, my females, had a hand raised, you know, I'm standing back doing a small group. And I was going, hey, what's up? And literally, this what I said was, Mr. White, my stomach hurt. And that really, that brings you back to ground, like the ground level, man. Like, yeah. I, that's why I always tell people, like, it don't matter what I do, what notoriety I get. I'm always going to be even killed, like, you know, and stay, my feet are going to be on the ground because it's still somebody that's a little human that depends on my every decision, mm-hmm. right? So just that, that right there, my stomach hurts. I have to find, I have to figure that out. Like, I have to either send in there, so I have to, hey, what's going on? I have to make a decision right there. Is somebody counting on me that needs, you know, that depends on whatever decision I make. So, like, and, and so you got to find those moments, man. So that's another moment for me that, you know, when I wake up, all right, I'm feeling tired, you know. We know, we know the pay is not working right now. We got to get better conditions, better resources. But I, I got to find a way at this point until we continue to push, you know, the movement of education and get what we deserve, right, as educators. But I got to find a way. I got to find those moments to keep me, to keep me going. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I see from talking to people is that the best people are people that are kind of in the clouds and the dirt. They clouds being that strategy and mm-hmm. what you need to do and then being in that dirt, like you say, putting on your shoes and running out there with the kids playing, putting the handshakes together and really doing the work. And then you put passion on top of that. It doesn't feel like work. So getting in there at 6 a.m., you probably woke up at 5 happy. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's a good one. Yeah, no problem. We have Now, you have inspired a lot of people, and your kids are inspired by you. Where do you draw your insp- inspiration from? Honestly, um, one from them. Uh, I mean, like like I said, uh, I, I'll be remiss if I sit here and try to take credit for, like, a lot of these ideas. It literally just came from my students wanting to do something, and I'm just green lighting it, like a, almost like a movie director. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Try it out. Right. So um, really, I get from them, like, and just I'm fascinated, man, with probably like 9-year-old, 10-year-olds, like what they come up with. And I know we in a new generation, you know, where they are definitely um, uh, more advanced and, you know, to a tech savvy, a little more, you know, street smart than what we may have been when we was growing up. But it just really fascinates me when they come up with some of these innovative ideas or chants or, hey, let's try Miss Wright. We made up something for our block, right, because they get into competition mode. Mm-hmm. And I, so that, that keeps me like, man, that's really good. Okay, well, let's also add this. And then um, on top of that, just from other educators, like, I, I, man, I'm a big fan 
of applauding other people, man, and just really lifting up the amazing things that they are doing. Like I really like I sat down with one of my uh, friends that I present with in my teach teach your heart out uh, conferences, and she, when they said like, yeah, one thing I always love, man, is that you know just remember there's room for everybody. Because sometimes when you get some type of notoriety, you can start to feel like I know some people like start to feel pressure. Like, oh yeah, I have to. Well, maybe Barry's doing this or uh, this guy's doing that, and then you feel like you have to do. No, this not. This is not the NBA. There's no MVP trophy at the end. Like, there's no nobody's getting MVP. So like, I love when I'm watching and seeing other people doing things. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try that in my room. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, um. Oh, this is different. You know, creativity off of, uh, like the graphics or documents they create or templates. Like I'm, I'm snatching. I'm, I really believe in like this is a sharing profession where we got share ideas and get that. So I have people that I look at like that, man. Um, from here from different courses states, and that's one good thing about social media it allows us to see, you know, people from all different countries and counties, and to where I don't have to necessarily be there to to draw inspiration from them or what they're doing. Um, you know, and then like that, and and then the last thing really is my parents. I mean, uh, do a, I say my parents? Of course, mom. But I'm talking about the students' parents. Like when they come and they're happy, and they're it's just hey, Miss, he just all you do is talk about you know your class and how it's fun. And man, I seen him grow in this reading level like that. That keeps that drive alive. Like yeah, okay, I want I want to create more moments like that for your family too, right? So um, that's that's where really I get it from. Right. Give me some tactics. Uh, this is a selfish question. As a parent, okay. give me some tactics to uh, that I should implement with children uh, outside of the classroom that can help them be uh, better scholars. Um, you talking about? So this is both like this the whole child, right? Not just academically, right? Yeah, just the whole. Just okay. Like, yeah. Just in general. Gotcha. Um, one, I do. I really, really believe and the affirmations, right? The positive affirmations. You can't get enough of that. Um, you want to definitely instill, like, the positive affirmations into uh, your children. You want to certainly tell them, like, when they're doing good. But at the same time, you want to provide feedback, right? So I always love saying feedback's a gift. Like, that's how I was, that's how I was saying um, in my principalship program. Uh, so you want to definitely give feedback to what propels them, but you want to be specific, right? So you want to describe, okay, this is the action, this is the behavior, or this is the, the mindset we have that you can change, and then this way it will get you. Not necessarily, oh, you was doing that wrong. You know, it's more so, no, nah, I'm going to provide feedback, you know, to where it's going to get you to here. And it's kind of, and one of the biggest things is showing them how, right, the how-to. Because a lot of times we can come up, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, or say this, or have this this way. But literally... Literally, they don't know how to. Like, I experienced that even in, in the classroom, outside the classroom, where we say things like, all right, calm down, de-escalate. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to do that. So right. they still develop, like, somebody, you got to teach, they have to be taught how to do that. So there's just always keeping in the uh, perspective of when we're asking them to do something or, you know, you're, you're directing them a certain way to go ahead and model that. Right, like specific, like specifically model how to do this, and then you can see that practice, and then provide that positive affirmations behind it. So now they they like they're not just being told it and expected to you know magically appear out like out of thin air that oh yeah okay they got it perfection. Just show them how, 
and just staying present, man. Being present, cause I know that's that's one of the hardest things, you know, because you know you're working, you you're trying to provide, you you know, worry about this bill, and you know, making sure they have a comfortable living, to where sometimes you might not have the energy or to be always present. Like when I say present, I mean fully present. Like, all right, tell me about this day. Tell me about how this homework look or how does that look. Like you know, just the, the moments you do get, go ahead and try to maximize that, man. I know I say like. Even when you're dropping them off at school, like right before they come in, hey, listen, I really love how you, know, you took care of that for you um, before I got home or X, Y, Z. All right, go ahead and have a great day, fist bump or whatever, just something to send them off with, right? right? So they, they can, now they're going off to the teachers who's now going to compound that, right? That's going to compound throughout the day because you just, you just set the tone. Because I know... Um, like people like say, well, yeah, you set the tone of their day. No, the parents set the tone of their day, right. and whatever you know, or guardians and whatever come into the building, I have to either reset or just um, amplify, right? So yeah. I think that'd be uh, super important, man. Uh, just those those general things that I think is practical that everybody can do. Um, I can always go into specifics about you know reading strategies and things like that, but I think it starts with that. And then you can go into just the general, um, you know, strategies that can propel them to be uh, better readers, right? So maybe they're sitting, of course, reading 30 minutes, but then really questioning what's happening in the story, right? Like things like that I can always go into, you know, do that different time. But mm-hmm. I think those big lifts are the ones I just mentioned. Man, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to have to go back and take some more notes when I re-listen to them. Um, but yeah, that that was really good. So we're looking at positive affirmations, feedback. Feedback is a gift. Uh, mm-hmm. Practice and teach. Don't just tell. Stay present. That's right. Mm-hmm. Those, those, those are, are are really big things. So I appreciate that. Thank you. That's gonna help me as a parent. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. I'm molding myself when my time comes. You're right. So I'll be. Yeah, right. I'm learning with you. <laughs> awesome. Now tell me about uh, your foundation and your step team. You you alluded to the step team a little bit, but I want to know about one your foundation and and two your mm-hmm. step team. Yeah, so my foundation, myself and uh, Naisha Simmons, uh, my close friends, we're trying to put that together to really serve as like a liaison between uh, teachers and just getting them resources or you know practical ideas or things that they may need that can take a big lift off the teacher the way they can focus on like building that relationship and not being concerned about this resource or that resource. So we're in the works of putting that together. I know she's been working hard on that. So, uh, you know, we got, and then we, we um, had to take a break for a second to, you know, different things came up, but then we're going to get that back rolling and really get, hit the ground run of that. Cause I know that's a, that's a big, uh, you know, very important that I know I want to do to have impact with other teachers around, man, just you really help any way I can. Uh, as far as my uh, step team goes, so yes, yeah, so, so myself and uh, two of my colleagues who are AKAs, well, um, we started a step team at Ashley Park. They had never had a step team before that, and um, so initially we didn't know what to expect. So you know, we all got, we all had background in stepping in college, so we had that that foundation. However, we didn't really know what to expect when it comes to like you know elementary, and middle school students. So I know when we first had our first uh, audition, like that blew our mind. We had at least 45 uh, girls show up. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, so we're in there to about 7 p.m. doing auditions and interviewing, like the steps. So we had our tryouts. And then from there, 
you know, we had our team, and once again, like, we were just really we pushing them and dri- uh, driving them just as far as what tradition is, again, the structure, and then providing that, that place for them to go to for that, 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 that excitement and that thrill because a lot of times in elementary, I know in my school and in some schools around me, you don't have a lot of programs or uh, particular activities for students that are upper elementary and lower middle. So you can't join the basketball team or volleyball team until you're in seventh or eighth grade. Okay. So then that leaves six, five, four, you know, and four. Like what, what do they have? So we really wanted to target um, those students. And, you know, it was something special, man. It, it took a life of its own. I mean, the school was rallying behind it. We participated in step shows. Uh, we got third place, which is a big deal because that was like our first, you know, time around. So, um, I mean, that was just amazing to spend that amount of time cause, uh, with them because a lot of the students were my actual students in fifth grade. So uh, we had that going. So, yeah, so that was really um, powerful and important, man. And it's a tradition that we're hoping, like, continues even when we're not around or we're not there, right? So the, the, the groundwork has been laid. We did it for three years. Um, so hopefully it continues on and um, just provides that space and opportunity and then that and that enlightenment on just, you know, things outside of just the basketball and volleyball that you can also can be a part of, right? So, uh, and it's really pushing the whole idea that uh, just keep the conversation going because they also, they always going to want to know, well, where, where do they do this at? Well, uh, uh, when you step, where was you at? And then now we can talk about, you know, higher education or different routes that extends past middle school and high school, you know, whichever uh, option they may choose. So, uh, so that, yeah, that, that, that was a big, really important, man, to us in our school. I was really happy that we were able to do that. That's awesome. Barry, thank, for, thank you for telling your story. Um, thank you for being a leader. Uh, thank you for making a difference in children's lives. Thank you for giving us actionable tactics. We really appreciate you. We're proud of you. We're happy for you. And we know that the world is a better place because you as an HBCU grad is in their, is in their life, is, is in the world and in your children's lives. So we really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Yes, on Instagram is Barry White Jr., B-A-R-R-Y-W-H-I-T-E-J-R, two underscores. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I don't actively use it much, but I'm going to start now. Uh, that's B White. On YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you type in Barry White Jr. and you'll find it. And I'm going to start, you know, providing a lot more content, um, practical educational resources and strategies. Um, and it's, you know, it's just some fun things that you can do with your classroom and get the kids really engaged. So you can find me on those, man. Um, I appreciate you having me, brother. Listen, I saw, I, I've been seeing the HBCU grad you know, podcasts and, and the content, I'm like, man, I, I need to be a part of something like that. So I was really appreciative and just, you know, and uh, humbled and honored that you allowed me to be a part of this. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, telling a lot more of my other friends, man, tune in and to check this out. This is a powerful platform, and I'm glad that somebody is doing this, right? So I know you said you know, a lot of people inspired by me, but this is inspirational in itself. It's really highlighting what you know, what we what we produce, you know, HBCUs, and just putting that that spotlight on the type of people and things that are going on that are extremely important, especially in our culture, man. So I'm thankful that you that you're doing this. 
Thank you. That, that, that really means a lot. Is there anything that you wish I would have asked that I didn't ask? Um, <clears throat> let me see. Um, just anything else you want to share? Um, no, I mean, I, I am working on a particular project, uh, can't say too much about it now, but I know it was something that should have been done. Uh, you know, a particular project put out in the world, so people can look forward to seeing that. I know I get a lot of um, questions a lot, like, hey, do you have, like, a book or something that we can write? <laughs> so uh, I'm working on a particular project. I know people are like, man, you should have been to that. But, hey, I want to make sure it was right and it was full of quality and that, you know, it would be something that uh, has longevity and long-lasting impact. So you can look forward to that coming out soon. Um, and um, like I said, I'm just happy to be a part of this uh, beautiful educational community that's out here really highlighting and sharing and just uh, sharing the amazing things that we're doing. And uh, one thing I do want to say, educators, do not be afraid to show the amazing things you are doing in your classroom. I know sometimes we can get caught up in the buzzwords of edutainers and stuff like that. But the, the whole idea is if you're not sharing it, then how are people finding it? Right, like how how are people getting ideas? So don't get caught up in the social media hype of oh they're just showing or showing off or uh you know they're just doing that for the care. Listen, show the amazing things you're doing because I want to do it. Like I want to take it. So you know, stay stay time you know concentrate on focus on what's best for students and you know put that out there in the world and you know we're gonna keep this thing going. Thank you. And whenever you need a platform to put out to the world, whatever you're doing, we're always here for you. So you can just reach out and, and we'll support you in any way that we can. We This is a really good conversation. I'm glad we had it. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Barry. Have a good day. All right. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the episode. We really, really appreciate your attention. For more information, go to hbcugraduates.com. That's hbcugraduates.com. That's kind of the epicenter of our world where you can find out everything that we're doing. We update it daily. Uh, you can buy merch from there. Uh, you can get everything from there. So that's hbcugraduates.com. Again, thank you for listening. Catch you on the next episode.